11 o'clock comics episode 42 Karma's going to bite y'all on the big ass. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Hello, people. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are, and I'm Christopher Neesman. I am David Price. And I am Zartan. Zartan. No, you're not. <laughs> Master of the Skies. You're Jason Wood. Back again. Woo-hoo. Look at this. Everybody's here. You feel the energy in the room. Ah, it, it, feels like, it, it feels like a month since I've talked to you guys. Yeah, the energy was there, and all of a sudden it was gone. We got to bring it back. Let's get all hopped up. This Artan ruined it for you guys. You didn't. You were vibing on that one this week. Well, right. no, I was vibing. I just caught me unawares because I thought for sure you'd say Christian Bale, but I think Chris I was going to. But yeah, then you guys just started talking about it already, so you took yeah, the joke. I know. Yeah, that's what happened. I, I was expecting the uh, the the uh, Christian Bale's DP. This week, so first of all, ridiculous. <laughs> People need to shut the fuck up on the internet. It's uh, if our wives have have degraded into this, where we get so bent out of shape because someone on a movie set yells at someone. Your life is fucking worthless. Go outside and play with the fucking three dimensional people. But I see. I think you read too much into bent out of shape. Like if so, if somebody starts a thread commenting on it, that's not necessarily bent out of shape. That's Dude, just like that, Sa- look at this. Sal and, I, Sal and I, Sal and I were talking about it. Well, that's your if, first mistake right there. If you oh. took if if you took half of the shit that we say at work about people out of context, <laughs> would have made that look so vanilla. It's the guy's on on the the set of his workplace, and someone fucks up twice. Oh no. Absolutely, absolutely he should be undressed. Oh, absolutely. Oh no! Come on, you're you're so you're so above that. Uh, you're just being tough. That's the beer talking. That's what it is. <laughs> What's that for beer and pizza? <laughs> Chicago style pizza, which is better than New York style pizza. Thank you oh, very much. Well, yes, surprised. yeah, because I I would love three bites and be full. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh give Nelly, me some of that, give me some of that cake. I didn't have to dab mine with a, a napkin to. Well, to if you go to some it. real decent pizzerias, you probably wouldn't, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, I love this. it when there's a grease pool on the top of the cheese. That's the yeah. best pizza. Because when you're done, you can peel a little bit off the lip and use it for later on with the ladies. Know what I'm saying? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Like in> New Yorkers. <laughs> See, that's what it is multitasking. Well, whose birthday was it, Chris? How many candles were in the pizza? Stop that. <laughs> now, you guys, and, and now, y'all aren't even happy. <laughs> 
you aren't, you aren't even ha- you aren't even happy having your own convention in your own city. Now you got to now you got to elbow in on my city. That's right, Thanks. New York Comic Con this weekend, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah. February sixth through eighth. Yeah, We're going through this since they're moving they're moving into Chicago too. Manhattan yeah. wasn't good enough for them. They're trying to. Kick Windy City down while it, before it gets big enough. <laughs> yeah, <thanks. laughs> Appreciate you know what they say: the more, the merrier. And and I have a proposal for anyone that sees me at New York Comic Con. Here's the deal: if you walk up to me and bring me a trade paperback, Jason will give you a hand job. How about that? <laughs> right there on the floor. No, and it doesn't matter if you give me a hardcover. Man, the sky's <laughs> the limit with him. All oh, I ask is bring your own tissues. That's all. <laughs> Is he is he dressing up? Is it like tentacle porn? Is it? I mean, <laughs> you know how I love cosplay. He's so uh-huh. pretty though. By the Doesn't way, matter. Comic, we got wood. By, by the way, in all seriousness, in all, wait, in all seriousness, uh, another new. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to meeting all the people that keep saying that they're going to come and say hi. But if you're a grown man over the age of 18 and you're wearing a costume, don't <laughs> don't say hi to me. Don't really. I really don't want to just walk See, that's... up and, and kiss him firmly on the lips. That's the only <laughs> eye that he will need. Uh, you can they can talk to me because I love that stuff. That's real life. Yeah, the, Vince, great. yeah you can be the Green Lantern with the big package or the out of shape Wonder Woman. I don't care. Come eyes, up to eyes me. Up here, Vince. Eyes I'll front. give you a big old hug. But you know what I wanted to, to make a point of saying: if Umar is going to be there, please, I want to meet you. I do. I want to buy you a drink and meet you. Hopefully, Daryl will be with them because they're like they're like buddies, aren't they? Yeah, and Ma too. Yeah, I want to meet these guys. I got. I hold no grudges. He speaks his mind. You know what I mean? You got. You can't knock the guy for coming in and speaking his mind. You could knock him for diving back out and not sticking around. That's kind of weak. But you know, come on up. I'll buy you a drink. There you See? go. So, so what do you, what are you guys looking forward to at the New York Con? Why David and I stay at home and talk to each other drunk on Skype. Hmm. Uh, saying hi to Grant Morrison. Oh. Dude. No, maybe not. Pity party. Oh, you're, you're flying out to Scotland? <laughs> That's right. That best best, wish, best wishes to Grant's mom, who That's apparently right. is, is is very ill. Sucks. Family first. Got to respect that. What are you going to do? Bring it down, Wood. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, I guess what am I really looking forward to? All, meeting all the... Uh, meeting everybody. I mean, I uh, there's so many people that... Uh, you know, I keep uh, talking to or chatting with and all that stuff, and I haven't met so many of them. It's going to be a lot of fun just to. It's, it's too bad we were in. never we we've never been uh, immortalized in the pages of a comic book yet, because then people could come up to you and ask you to autograph this comic, whatever you know we happen to be in. Yeah, we have we have not well, uh, not us, well, but our logo, our old logo. Yes, yeah, we were in Civil War. Yep. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right, good old, bitches. Good old Maury yeah. Hall. Is yeah. Maury going to be in New York? I, I would imagine. I don't know, but I sure hope so. Uh, last time I saw him was in Reading. Oh, it's a, oh. yeah, the yeah. show. There's yeah. uh, okay. one celebrity that, that's going to be there. I know that. I know that Peter is listening, probably. But um, pick your date for the Super Show so I can let folks know about it on AC. They haven't set a concrete date yet, have? They? I don't think so. Look at you calling Peter out. Wow, stones. <laughs> It's like, come on, pick a date. Hey, uh, Chris, I don't, I don't know that it's for sure, but I get the strong sense from various and sundry chats that they are going to do it in March of 2010. Oh, okay. Good. I don't. Good. That, I could be totally wrong. They could be ready to announce tomorrow night, tomorrow that it's in September. But I, I think that uh, my understanding was that when Brian posted the 
uh, thread, hey guys, what should we do? Have it in September. Yeah, or it wasn't supposed to be up for a listener like, vote. Yeah, who are you asking, white boy? This isn't a democracy. <laughs> so well, I don't. Well, well yeah. if it's in Mar- if it's March of next year, I I will definitely definitely cruise on out there. So I, I felt t- terrible because we kind of got uh, shoehorned into um, the September nineteenth date for the Windy City show, and I, it was only a week away, and it was just it was the only date really kind of left available to us because. Uh, uh, um, Baltimore and Mid Ohio and all that, so it was it was tough. But I tell you what, next year the convention schedule is going to be really interesting. I was talking to a few folks about this today with with Reed doing a show in in Chicago in April, and we don't know what's going to happen with the with the Wizard Chicago show. But with Reed moving New York to October, I don't know if you've noticed that date, but that's when Baltimore is is usually yeah. happening. Yeah. So it's it's going to cause kind of an interesting um um ripple effect throughout throughout the convention circuit as people kind of um continue to 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 reshuffle their their convention schedule. Hmm. Speaking of ripple. Well, let me say one thing before you get off on something else. Chris, if yeah. you do come out in March uh-huh. and and my house is done, you got some place to stay. Oh, I'd love to stay in Scranton. Wait, wait, there you go. Your house is done. What are you doing in your house? Well, the way this house is, our current house, there's no There's an exorcism. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too, and the stains on the wall and everything. No, we're going to... I have another house, which is my birth house, my mom's house, which is really my house, and we are going to uh, add a floor up and add rooms back, and we're going to move in there because it's a brand new house, relatively. It's like only 40 years old. Mm -hmm. So we're going to remodel, and I'm going to take over that house, because, you know, my mom, she's getting to the point where she can't live by herself. So w- once I have that house remodeled and everything, Chris can come out and stay with me. Sweet. In, in the same bed with me. Well, How about that? Along those lines. Yeah, along those lines. Um, I mean, I guess we're not going to do it this year, but uh, but I was thinking about this. If, if you guys, if we can make it a, a four for four at the uh, at the next New York Comic Con, you guys definitely come out to my house. It's only about... Uh, 30 minutes from the city, and uh, maybe we'll barbecue. You can meet the family and do all that stuff, too. What the hell are we staying in the hotel room now for, then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, the baby. Get any better than the, the Milford Plaza. The baby. I forgot about the baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. My, my wife is baby. usually super cool, but I don't think she'd be too cool yeah. about me. Yeah. She's staying right now. Yeah, you'd be worried about me sexing her all up and stuff. She hadn't had it. Well, she's on a sex hiatus, you know what I mean? No, You're not if I'm there, baby. All right, all right. I've been, I've, I've been prompted by I've been prompted by Wood to uh to do the drink roll call. So, but Wood, way to drive the show. I Safe, safety net, baby. Uh, all right, um, uh, drink roll call this week. Uh, let's mix things up, Mister Wood. What are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm drinking uh, just straight up Grey Goose on the rocks, actually. Oh, there you go. Very nice. No, no olive, no nothing. I hate olives in in vodka. Despise it, in fact. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just ice, straight out of the freezer before we started recording. Brought the bottle downstairs with me. Poured it in some ice and just sipping it. Did the eyes pull the lights off? I have some Diet Dr Pepper on the side, to be honest with you. But, okay, uh, just a little little chaser there. Uh, okay, Vince. Well, as ordered by yourself last week, you said, "Damn it, get something new for this week, you lazy bastard." And I did. I'm drinking Damn. something called Rogue Hazelnut Brown Nectar. Oh, that's that's good beer. Yeah, you're not kidding. It's the world champion of brown ales. Suppose yep. is what it says on the front from the uh, Rogue Ales of Newport, Oregon. I have, I have. It's really good. 
I have an empty bottle of Rogue on my shelf, and I'm going to grab it right now so I can tell you what kind it is. It is the Rogue uh, Hazelnut Brown Nectar. Awesome! See, you were you were okay, all set so, to so, chastise so you, me. Yeah, so you've got the, you've got the bottle, and it's the guy with the the beard, right? Yeah. It, if you look at that, if anyone ever goes out to find a bottle of Rogue Hazelnut Brown Nectar, who does that look like on the bottle? Like you. It looks like me. Yeah, only he's 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 chubby. You're not a chubby. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm In fact, I'm you're svelte now. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not svelte yet, but I'm working on it. Next yeah. time you see me, I should be a, a picture of health. So and he needs more uh, hair on his arms to look like you. <laughs> yes, yeah, he needs more hair <laughs> everywhere. All right, Mister Mister Price, uh, what are you sipping on this evening? I am not so much sipping. I am gulping a screwdriver. Nice, nice. Gulping, he said. I, <laughs> I love it. I this, could it, get yeah. this could get interesting. Um, well, I I, uh, I was running late tonight, so thank you guys for uh, for uh, waiting for me. Um, I went out to a little uh, corner pizzeria here in Chicago called Marie's, and my wife and a friend of uh, ours uh, consumed about two pitchers of wine and Kugel's uh, Honey Vice, and uh, and I got home, so I'm doing good there. So I'm just going to sip on the uh, the Mike Sims. Uh, bottle of woodford reserve so mm. i'll just ha- have a little have a little straight bourbon out of the bottle here for the rest of the evening nice <laughs> speaking of mike sims this bastard was hey someone's calling this uh miss mr mike sims was quoted in a uh in a marvel press release today oh so that was today. official yes wow good for him yes he uh he made a he, he made a comment about uh Abnett and Lanning's uh, writing, and um, and it made it to uh, Marvel Got Wind of It, and in the War of Kings uh, press release, they took that quote where Mike mentioned DNA, and uh, it's there for for all the world to see. That is awesome. awesome. Yes, yeah. and so he has something in common with Chris Neesman now, right? Although Connected. Chris has been quoted on a cover, but still not Marvel. Darth Kramer. Yeah, how about that for Matt with the, yep. the Starman? The Starman. He's in the special thanks second section of the second Starman omnibus. Get the hell that, out of here, really? Yeah, yeah that's, that's got to be awesome. like like world changing for him. Yeah, oh, I know. That's great. Congrats, <laughs> he, man. He's like the dude in the Water Boy twisting his nipples now. You're on slow motion. <laughs> that's funny. I'm twisting my nipples right now. I know. I can hear him squeaking. Oh Jesus! Oh, oh, but you know what's. Uh, Here's my little James Robinson, a little bit of memorabilia. And if you listen to the episode whenever we were talking with uh, uh, James on AC, you know what sits next to the Rogue um, the Rogue beer bottle on my comic book shelf? No idea. My autographed half pint of Jim Beam, autographed by James Robinson. Wow. Which he pretty much consumed during the interview that we had with him. Look at you. Which uh, Matt Kramer can attest to, because he was there for that. He was filling his glass for him. Anything yeah, else, Mr. Fun. Robinson? <laughs> uh-huh. Hi, I'm Casey McCauley, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 42. I love it. I like it when Chris gets all dirty, dirty and drunk and sexy, and starts cussing on the price of comics. Love it. Love it. Woohoo! Alright, let's talk comics. That's what we're about. What do we got? Dude, you know what we got to talk about. 
Yeah. G.I. Joe, man. There's well, knowing yeah. is half the battle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Hell yeah. Oh, uh, it was, Hell it was yeah. more than good. Well, uh, being the youngster of the group, uh, <laughs> I love saying that. Uh, it's not too many places these days I, got to, I get to be the youngster. Um, I was definitely a child of G.I. Joe. I had probably every action figure, watched every cartoon. That was definitely my cartoon, my toy. That I loved that goddamn stuff. So um, I'm sure like many of you, I loved Larry Hama's run on G.I. Joe. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and uh, I, I gave a lot of the Devil's Do stuff a try. Uh, had its moments, but it just didn't connect for me. And I thought maybe it was just because um, I'm older now. And, you know, it's like, well... Maybe it's just not as exciting because it's been there, done that. But now that uh, uh, now that IDW is back with it, Chuck Dixon, it was fa- I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the first issue was basically set up, reestablishing the team. It's a total reboot, but uh, you know there was a lot of stuff in there that was very evocative of of the old uh, Joes. It was the same costumes, you know, basically the same poor figures. You know, you got you got Scarlet, you got Snake Eyes, you got Duke, you got the Pit. And uh, it, it was it was terrific. I mean, I can't I, for first issue it was exactly what I wanted. Introduce the team in a, in a sort of a modern way, but uh, but it you know as I said, it paid homage to the stuff that uh, we all loved as kids, and uh, and it sets up for I hope to be a, a great fun series. You're right. Well written, well drawn. They put they put a, a very recognizable name on the uh, on the writing side uh, of the creative team uh the the relaunch you know it, me personally i hate to see all the variant covers anymore just because it's it just smacks of a of a of a time that i don't want to go back to in comics but you know they they had some great variant covers um some uh what delato is it uh how do you say his last name yeah gabriel delato delato um yeah some beautiful stuff um it was uh yeah it was it was a really First of all, it was a solid comic. You don't even have to be a G.I. Joe fan. It's been years since I've read G.I. Joe. And uh, you, you, the Zero issue was a great prologue to it, but you could jump right in with this. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it's fun, man. I'm excited to, I'm going to be reading G.I. Joe monthly. You know, I can't remember the last time I said that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they could have cheesed out a bit and began the first issue with the contents of the zero issue, but they didn't. No, they, they didn't. They started fresh, which was really cool, and uh, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like a hypocrite to a certain extent when I buy an IDW book because, as we all know, I piss and moan a lot about Marvel and DC charging three ninety nine for a, a comic book, but to tell you the honest God truth, I don't even, I don't blink when I buy an IDW book. To me, it's worth three ninety nine. Yeah. I, the, the upscale paper and and the the thick cover it's just it it has weight to it i i it's it's okay you know 399 great sign me up the same thing for all hail megatron and, and the the transformer spotlight books all those are 399 and it's just i don't care mm-hmm. so well, i am to, kind of a hypocrite well i was going to say there seems to be two schools of thought right there's the <clears throat> some people say well you can't you have to judge uh, indie or smaller press publishers differently than you judge Marvel and DC because it costs more for them to produce a book because they don't have as large a print runs and that sort of thing. I've never personally been really a believer in that. I mean, price is price. You know, you're, be, the, at the end of the day, they're all competing to get people to buy a comic, and, and I don't know that 
the average consumer is going to differentiate. Maybe some people do. I don't know that, that I buy into that as an argument. But to your point, Vince, and I've been saying this a lot lately, I, I'm not happy about the price hikes, but I'm not going to complain about them because I don't want to be a hypocrite. And a book like G.I. Joe or a book like Dark Avengers, if I like the book and you know I can, God willing, afford to buy the book at three ninety nine, I'm going to do so. But I'm also not going to be a hypocrite and then bitch about the prices. You know what I mean? So, so my thing is, buy the three ninety nine books all you want. Just don't be a hypocrite and then bitch about them every week. And and so to your point, I, that's that's what I'm going to do. So okay. I'll let I'll let other people complain about the price hikes and I'll just keep my mouth shut because I'm going to keep buying Joe. <laughs> no, oh, are you complaining yeah, about yeah. price hikes? I haven't heard. No, I, no, because I'm I bought. I bought probably three three ninety nine books today, and I looked at each one of them. I, I, I swore at each one of them, but uh, but I bought them anyway. There was some good three ninety nine books that came out today, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm not going to buy Agents of Atlas. You know, seriously, it's I've been waiting <laughs> for a, an, an Agents of Atlas ongoing for you know a couple years now. So you know I had to pick it up to. I've been looking forward to it, so yeah. no, I, I wasn't happy that it was three ninety nine. I was glad that the Punisher um, went down in price. Back well, I was going to say, Agents of Atlas is only three ninety nine for the first issue, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's Marvel seems to be doing that. That first issue they're making three ninety nine for all these new titles, but for the most part, other than the Avengers books, and I guess David can correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like other than the Avengers books, they're all going to two ninety nine after that first issue. At least it seems with with the first, the last few number ones. Uh, Hulk, and, Hulk and Thor. Yeah, because the Avengers books aren't very good, so I don't, <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to read them. Uh, now, I think uh, the uh, Red Hulk and uh, Thor are going to be three ninety nine too. Yeah, by Thor and trade, so I'm cool. With yeah, that. I, I I stopped the whole once Art Adams and I'm done with after that last Adams and Show issue. So, but uh, so many questions in this first issue. What's in the cargo ship? That that's got me really uh, curious. Serpentor. No, and, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not just kidding. Open, like a kitten. No, but uh, Beachhead's memory loss. What's up with that? You know, just uh, Scarlet seemingly outranking Duke. Well, how about Dial Tone being a being a, a hoe? Yeah, it's it, a dude. <laughs> and uh, do you think that's Wraith, the the assassin with the uh, teleportation and the and the dissolving guns? That that was a, a character that popped up in the Devil's Due books. That would be really cool if they they had a link to that character in the in the new incarnation. Now, okay, see, I I, I took that as being a Cobra soldier that disintegrated, almost like he was a disposable soldier. I think he teleported, didn't he? No, I think he. I think he. It was kind of like the um oh the the other terror like the aim soldiers that you know the hand the the hydra yeah hi, the the hand soldiers that yeah that kind of disintegrate. So if, if he could seventeen, you could see the. The Russian dude is sitting there, and he's like, ah, and he's and and there's a pile of like gray dust when and the right. guns in it, yeah. See, I, I took that as the guns dissolving, but you're right. Then there would not be anything to mail to Scarlet later. But yeah. if you look on the previous page, if he can teleport in, why couldn't he just teleport out? Well, we didn't see what was underneath all that, so we don't know what's under there. We don't know if it was human once a cyborg or just right. a right. But there, there's a, a, a noticeable vortex and a, and a hum. And he's and he's all like right, but there you was know, no. Then, so either either the technology isn't for one way out, or yeah. there was just no reason to you know if it dissolves there, then the the trail theoretically I guess could end there. And this way, there's nothing to worry about tracing back to the source. <laughs> Jason's so nice. Dial tones a hoe. 
she's she's cute for a hoe but uh, just and and the 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 uh, calling card left on the package for scarlet the two two snake eyes the dice that was really cool yeah Yeah. Uh, i i think um is it atkins or atkins it's uh robert atkins the art's pretty solid pretty solid i like it a lot yeah it does it does what it um, like the writing it does what it has to do yeah exactly it's it's uh i've often probably unfairly had a predisposition against licensed books because it seems like even that we've talked about this with the star wars books you know a few years ago Mm -hmm. i i avoided them because i always felt like the art was always almost like not subpar but just had a certain look to it that wasn't quite never really blew you away And, and i wouldn't say this art blew me away but it was definitely good enough that that it 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 didn't at all take away from my excitement. There were the there were a couple panels that um, were a little odd, but I almost you know it was almost like the inking was was off on it. Whenever I see mm-hmm. like eyes that are off kilter, like you know crooked, and it's sure. like eh, it looks like maybe it was a. I, I've I've seen pencils where where stuff will look good, and then whenever it's inked, it's like all mm-hmm. of a sudden something shifts, and uh, so yeah, I don't know, but 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 the art was it was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to hire an artist to match the the style of the writing. So, you're, I mean, I'd like to see it, but you're you're not going to pull Bill Sienkiewicz in to do a, a GI Joe book. Oh no, no. You know, because I mean, although he probably could do a hell of a GI Joe book, but in a different vein. But it, what I'm trying to say is, it, it's it's very workmanlike. But that's exactly what the the property needs. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's um it, it suits the story. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's serviceable. So yeah. you know is is where I would put it. I and I liked it. It was, it was good. It was clean. It was good storytelling. So no, all, all in all, totally enjoyable read. Enjoyed it. Good to see Joe back. Big. You know what? Licensed books are the new black. What? There, there, there's a lot of great licensed properties. The also from IDW, the Transformers books. I mean, gee, you never heard me uh, praise those, right? The Conan from Dark Horse, Cull. Uh, the Star Wars books are kicking from Dark Horse. Great stuff. Dynamite has Zorro, Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, which it, cover did you guys get? I got the yeah, Atkins got cover. Me too. I like the Dave Johnson cover. Oh, it's sweet, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Great stuff. The next oh, one with Baroness looks good, too. Oh, oh. speaking of G.I. Joe, what did you think of the trailer? My God. Shown during the Super Bowl? Holy crap, does that look good. I didn't see it. going on. Well, it's a yeah. trailer. Yeah, I, I know it's know. Tra- I mean, it could, it could be good, but... I always get nervous when they do those those quick cut trailers, exactly. where they're they're taking your eyes away from everything every two seconds. Because I mean, it's an action movie, so you put a frenetic trailer like that together, and it's going to seem cool. But some of the the uh, bio pics I've seen of some of the characters are uh, I'm a little sketchy, like the like the uh, the, the professor, who's I guess the uh, precursor to the Cobra Commander, being the dude from. Uh, the goofy kid from that that alien. Uh, yeah, but uh, don't forget though, he also did the lookout. He's he he can act. Can he? Okay. Well, yeah. I haven't seen him in a Okay. The Baroness is smoking. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, just that one part when you have uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow go ding with the swords. Oh, I was like, yes, this is so cool. That's all I need. Just with the ding, I was I was there. And, and and the shit with the jumping through the bus. That's exactly what GI Joe should be doing. They should be a lightning fast strike team. Boom, get in there. And the, the it just looked great to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm easy to please, but where are Tomax and Zamok? But I want to know. Yeah, exactly. They're in a bar while they were filming that. Probably. Yeah. Hey there, Vince. It's Cousin Dick from the Boondocks. Once again, to talk to you about comics. 
Now I got to talk to you about Final Crisis 7. Although, hold on there, partners. This story ain't going to end like a Bill Mantlow plot line. You see, before I read Final Crisis, I was in my truck driving up a, a truckload of Purina dog chow to a Target over here in the Bay Area. And when I was on the way home, I passed by Alameda and I saw this feller standing on the side of the road hitching a ride in a tie-dye T-shirt. He said he wanted to go to Berkeley. His name was Lazy Gravy. So I felt sorry for the poor feller. Gave him a ride, and when I dropped him off in Berkeley, he left me behind some brownies. Now I know you think I'm pretty dumb, you know, Berkeley brownies. I don't make the connection. All I know is I've been driving for 12 hours a day, and I'm darn hungry. So I ate them brownies on an empty stomach, and I drove back to my small town where I live. And by the time I got to the Circle K, anticipating reading some some DC comics over there for free, there were red skies at night. I saw red skies at night, colors in the sky like the aurora borealis in Alaska. When I walked in to the Circle K, my friend McGill, who usually works behind the desk, Instead of seeing him, I saw the Phantom Stranger. He handed me a Slurpee, and I proceeded to sit down and read Final Crisis 7. Meanwhile, I'm kind of hallucinating in the Circle K. At one point, I thought the Teen Titans came in to get some candy. So I started reading Final Crisis 7, and it took me a couple of hours to look at all them pretty colors and the Doug Manneke art in the comic. And you know... I started to get it. I started to see what Vince B. sees when he looks at Grant Morrison. And, you know, I, I started to understand at last, and I turned to the Phantom Stranger, and I said, Is it true? And the Phantom Stranger said, Yes, it's true. The DC Universe is a living breathing organism that knows how to heal itself from any injury. And right there, my mind was blown. Of course, by that time, Zaytana had showed up, and they started macking on each other, the Phantom Stranger and Zaytana, you know, they kind of got a close relationship there. But I understand, Vince. I may not understand tomorrow, but right now I got the totality of the Daysay universe in my head. And now I better go home and listen to my Donovan. 10-4, good buddies. This is Cousin Dick signing off. See you next time. And how about the Transformers trailer? What would you think of that? Eh, there wasn't much there to think about. <laughs> <laughs> you just pissed all over Vince's day. No, no I'm just I, saying. No, I I saw the first movie. I didn't think the first movie was horrible. The second, I mean, there were some, oh, that looks cool moments in the trailer, but there was nothing, I mean... Was it even 30 seconds long? It was just... It was exactly 30 seconds. I saw a lot of Shia LaBeouf running and looking up, and and there was just a lot of stuff going on that I really couldn't explain what happened if I saw it again. I don't understand Shia LaBeouf. No. You mean mean his appeal? Yeah, I just... I don't get it. Well, he's in every movie. Uh, Well, (laughs) you know, once they latch on to somebody and somebody proves to be a seller, then they're going to use them. Yeah, but he's the new. He's, oh, he's look the at Jeff Goldblum. Key. He's been in like the most 
uh, successful movies is Jurassic Park and Independence Day, like the movies from the nineties that were the best. Yeah, but Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's awesome. Shia LaBeouf is the the new Keanu Reeves. Oh, he has way no, more he's a range. Much better actor oh, than that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah he, he, he emotes so much more. Did you see? <laughs> oh, did, did you see Suburbia? No. <laughs> no, and I don't want to talk about it either. But you know, David, if you were plugged into the Transformers, you'd know what was going on there. Like she is, Labouf is getting mangled by Starscream, and then you saw Ravage. That oh, the the. So the, then, who was who was the trailer for? Then, if they showed this during the Super Bowl, who was it for? Yeah, I mean, was, if, if if you need to be know. plugged in to get it, I mean, if it was a if it was a. Orgasm for geeks, then, but right. Who, I don't know. Is, but I that's mean, the I, whole thing with the movies. The characters look nothing, except for Optimus. The characters look yes, nothing like no. they should. They're horrible. That's why I so want to hate the first movie because the designs. I'll be frank. I appreciate and respect the dudes that are doing the CGI. They're very talented guys. But whoever designed the Transformers for that movie should not work in Hollywood again. They're horrible. Just they're not pleasing to the eye at all. I don't understand why they have to have all that ki- kibble all over them. You know, like Megatron. You know, the design of it. Who the, the design was uh, the director, isn't it? Mick G is the director. The director. Michael, Michael Bay. Bay, rather. That's it. I'm sorry, Michael Bay. Well, there uh, you go. Speaks the uh, Christian Bale thing, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Bay was talking. I read an article when they were making that about how he was he he was heavily involved in picking which vehicles. Oh. Uh, be- but also, though, to be fair, and they they also picked the vehicles in part because of sponsorship money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Right, but you don't you don't need to have all that crap hanging off them. Like sh- simple designs are more effective than this massive goop on the screen. And e- when you want to get into the geek realm, when you think about it, if if you're uh, a cybernetic organism with all these different moving parts and things sticking out, and you're going into battle, you bend one of those pieces, you're not going to be able to transform back. <laughs> Don't think about it. Look at Megatron. Yes, he looks like a like a like a, a a withered tree with all these twisting and turning plates and everything. That's why Megatron to me is always going to be a Walter P thirty eight, right? Yeah, with plates over it. I mean, why wouldn't you want plates to cover your your essential but, areas but then, from getting? But then how does how does he shrink down to be a handgun? I mean, he was this huge mass displacement. God, there we go. So we don't want to talk right about a bent <laughs> axle rod that would prevent mass somebody. Displacement. Okay. Yes. No, yeah, but louder I, and, and slower. Dad. Before we leave the world of '80s toys and cartoons, let me just say uh, I did call Dalton a hoe, but uh, I actually brought her up because of uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Derek Coward. Started a new podcast this week. Count Speaking of hoes, show. Oh. Yeah, and it was. Oh. It, it was. It, it's a cool concept. It's uh, Derek is taking. I guess there's some wiki. That uh, that has yeah, all yeah, the comic he, he created. He created a comic book wiki a year okay. or so ago. Okay, so according uh, he he apparently is taking this uh, any show that's in the wiki. He's got a, a random number generator and he's he's generating numbers and and if if and if the show that comes up um, has recorded an episode that week, he's listening to it and picking a clip from it and giving it a little prop. So it was interesting. He picked that's like I think concept. ten ten different epi- ten different podcasts and. You know, we always talk about how many comics-related podcasts there are. Well, there are a lot. <laughs> man, and, and I had that, that's masochistic, man. Yeah, but the yeah. Uh, the cool part of it though was um, there was a G- apparently there's a GI Joe-centric podcast, and they had Andy Schmidt, the editor of the uh, of, of the line on at IDW on, and they actually the clip that Derek played was Andy talking about 
uh, dial tone being a woman, and that it wasn't by accident. It actually, they were they had created her uh, as in they were going she was going to be a new character, and then I guess Hasbro said, oh, "Hold on," but they were already well 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 into making the first issue. So um, basically, Hasbro said, "No, no, no, you're not creating any new characters. We have hundreds of characters we already own and have you know." toys for and the rights to so mm-hmm. somehow or another he's like well you go ahead and tell me which one of your characters it wants to be and they came up with dial tone so that's how dial tone became oh ah, i thought it was because women are always on the phone snap i'm not done talking about transformers but that's okay go ahead, get back to it. no i was just gonna say i want to hate the movie because as far as the designs go they're they're poop but the action in that movie is amazing that city battle even though they're not what i come to know as transformers the the cinematics in that film is are it's incredible just the 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 robots flying all over the place so i saw the trailer and you see devastator just make mincemeat out of the bridge and it's like oh i want to be there i want to see that movie even though eh, kind of goofy looking transformers but i think starscream looks like a gorilla what is that about I don't know. Any any movie with Megan Fox though can't be bad. Ooh, that I, I you know thank God for the magic of DVD where you can keep rewinding and and pausing the thing and not you know rip the tape. That one part when she's leaning over the car in the first movie. Oh man, good God, let's move on. Talk about a perfectly <laughs> named person, right? Megan oh, you're Fox. not kidding. Ooh, she ain't teeth. lying. I like her teeth. Chris, what are you reading? Come on, you're quiet. Oh, well, let me see. There's a lot of good stuff that came out today. Um, one that I've been looking forward to, just because I love this guy's art, is uh, uh, a Dynamite book. Speaking of three ninety nine books, um, but Dead Irons came out Ooh. today, and mm-hmm. it is uh, I'll butcher the writer's name. Um, uh, James Kahorik. It's probably not too bad, and um, the art is Jason now Sean Alexander. So, uh, if you had read the um, uh, the Abe Sapien miniseries that came out from uh, from Dark Horse uh, last year, or The Secret, uh, which I think The Secret may have been Dark Horse as well. I probably got that wrong. Um, but um, did you guys get the uh, the Escapist graphic novel that came out? I got the no. Wait, the Escapist or it was actually an, it was actually uh, a miniseries, and then uh, and then it came out as a, as a uh, kind of a, a collected work. Um, Jason Alexander is is the artist that did all of the like Escapist stories that they were writing. Yeah. in that if you remember, that's a great, that's a great oh. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, De- Dead Irons came out from from Dynamite this week, and uh, I can't wait to dig into it. I haven't had a chance. I was out eating pizza and drinking beer. But see, when you said the escapists, I thought that because there was a mini series called the escapists, plural. Right, and that's the book he's talking about. That's why I wasn't sure if it was the original okay. Shaban mini, I guess, graphic novels. They were what, like ten bucks for yeah, those eight ninety sh- something, yeah, yeah, yeah something. Yeah, so they're really know, good. The prestige format. There was a mini series that came out that was regular, right? But that was, but that was, but that was the escapists. Oh, with an okay. S at the oh. end, and yeah. not his uh, his original, just the escapist. But yeah, and it was it was about uh, a guy who ends up getting the rights to the escapist, right. and uh, and yeah, he and his he and, and the <laughs> artist and his his buddy from high school, his dumb who buddy, was the letterer. Yeah, it was it was a re- it, he reminded the art reminded good. me of um, Rick Geary in a way. It was it was great stuff. Philip Bond too. Yes, that, yeah, the Bond stuff was was Rick Geary esque. 
Yeah, yeah and it was, I think, uh, you know, Brian K. Vaughn's kind of uh, often tongue-in-cheek look at the comics industry. Yes. Oh, how the... You know how the comics industry, once it gets to the to the corporate level, can really. I mean, it's 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 a business and it's a corporation, and they're out to make money. And you can take a great idea and a lot of passion, and it uh, and it can destroy stuff. And yeah, it's uh, you know mainstream comics. As much as we love them, the, sometimes it's you know there's not much soul to them. So that's yeah. It was it was it was really. A, a good series, but yeah, but uh, Jason Alexander's art in that was when I was really first kind of came around to like, wow, this guy is good. The uh, the escapist and uh, moth. Uh, what, what's the what was the the moth character in that? The kind of his love interest. Oh, oh, oh yeah. What was her name? I, I want to say Killer Moth, but I'm thinking like Batgirl <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> Oh gosh, I have to. I'll yeah, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, but just absolutely beautiful stuff. And um, uh, there's a podcast out there that here I'm going to promote another podcast. Hope you guys don't mind. Um, a really good uh, artist interview podcast called Sidebar, and they did an interview with Jason Alexander a month or two ago. Really good interview, and and it kind of gives you some insight into his process and how he came up. And, and that kind of stuff, but uh, um, Sidebar does really, really good artist interviews. Yeah. Uh, so, so go check out the the Jason Alexander interview that they did. It's good stuff. Sounds good. What the hell was that? I don't know. See, I told you we got we got goofy shit going on tonight. We do. Um, actually, I decided to get caught up on uh, on Daredevil, so I finished the Lady Bullseye arc last night and you know still Matt Murdock can't catch a fucking break I mean he it's it, Brubaker just it's you know if if you if there are if if a writer has issues if there are things that this that the writer has to work out then he's going or she's going to take them out on poor Matt Murdock and his world. I mean, it's just like, listen, I, I'm frustrated and I have shit to get off my chest and I'm going to use this character to do it because there's no reason in hell for this character to ever, well, no pun intended, to ever see sunshine and light. <laughs> and and it's, it's just, it's, man, I don't know how he can just keep going day after day with all the crap they, they put him through. I mean, it's, you know, we, we all talk about... Uh, how Peter Parker gets crapped on, and you have the Parker luck, and, and Spider-Man can't catch a break, and he's always trying to trying to do something, and he's got the guilt of his dead uncle over him, and all this other stuff. Oh, it's, but my it, God, it's, his, it's his own fault. He's he's Catholic. <laughs> You're right. I I can't disagree with you there. I mean, Dad was a boxer, Mom's a nun, and it's it's just I mean, between not only not only was his wife arrested, put away for for killing someone and and for going crazy but now his his in-laws her parents have uh have taken her they they've they have custody of her now so now it's like they just want they they tell matt you know if you leave her alone if you sign these divorce papers then we won't we won't bother you we won't harass you because matt i guess kind of uh as if there wasn't enough guilt in his life he uh he 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 did something that 
I guess maybe he shouldn't have done while he was still married. And, uh, yeah. He can't keep it in his pants. He He can't. He did. He banged it it out. I don't know if you want me to tell you who he banged it out to. Hey, Dakota's hot. There you go. All right. Spoilers. Um, yeah, yeah, it could be a, it could be anyone. It could be a man. How you know? He's he left blind. a map of uh, the Philippines in her back. So you know they Call have me. photos of <laughs> they have photos of Matt and and Dakota. So uh, they says you know if if you don't want her name dragged through the mud and hitting all the tabloids, then you'll divorce Mila and uh, everybody can live happily ever after. But while this is going on, he's he's worrying about what he's going to do. With his wife and her family, he's uh, he's got the hand and Lady Bullseye and uh, and all this other crap going on for his costumed life. And there's uh, that really cool um, black tarantula was in this. Uh, White tiger was in this. Unfortunately, she didn't stay dead. The uh, <laughs> there's just um, was she hitting people with. Oh, hello. Ah, everybody's being called today. Was she hitting people with garbage bags? (laughs) No. (laughs) A.K.A. testicles? They, uh, (sighs) they, they, um, Iron Fist. A new, um... (laughs) Who this? Who's this? Not mine this time. It's like, they should know. It's my phone. They should know better. Oh, all right. I was going to say, probably, it's it's Chris's phone. Yeah, I'm talking to, uh... So, they, uh, they just... yeah, Yeah, Black Tarantula, White Tiger, uh, Iron Fist, a new character, Master uh, Master Izo, who we find out trained Matt Murdock's teacher, um, and apparently is more ancient than the ancient one because Master Izo is is written about in old Iron Fist texts. So uh, I, I like how his last name so horny. <laughs> this is last name what? So horny. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, his his last name would just be Horny, right? Because his name's Oh, Lisa, yeah, you're right. right. Oh, no, he's so he's horny. Man, no, he's, he's so oh, these, these kids. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I have, I'm not caught up on my daredevil. No, but it's... it's, it's, it's hey, we're cool. talking G.I. Joe. I'm feeling like a kid. There you go. There you go. Um, you owe me a beer. The, the, uh, yeah, this weekend. While there's... Um, oh. While, <laughs> while Brute Baker, of course, you know, we all know he... Uh, and this will segue into... Maybe something Jason wants to talk about. Since we all know Brubaker and Fraction left Iron Fist, that it's nice that Brubaker can still play with Danny Rand and uh, in the pages of Daredevil, and and he still has a good, feel, you know. I mean, it's not like here's Danny Rand, Iron Fist in Daredevil, and here he is in his own book, and and it doesn't doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the same character. Brubaker and and Swazinski both have a uh, real good feel, real good handle. On, on that character, but no Daredevil. I'm looking forward to the Return of the King, and uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, there's I've seen some uh, some message boards talk about how uh, I think Jason Aaron has a something in the works with a current ongoing title. It's not going to be a new title, but it's a title that he may be taking over in the very near future. And and some of the um, some of the rumors going around were, were that that. It'd be interesting to see Jason Aaron right there, Devil. So we'll see. I don't know if Brubaker is uh, is ready to leave the book yet. I'm still enjoying it, and uh, you know, I I I don't know if uh, if like I said if he's ready to go or what what else may be in the works for him. I don't know if he's done everything he wanted to do with Daredevil. He's not really, you know, aside from this and X Men that he'll co-write 
with Matt Fraction and, and Incognito and Criminal and Captain America. I don't know how busy he, he is. Right. You realize he's, <laughs> getting, he's getting ready to um, do 50 issues of Cap? That's a that's a yep. hell of a long run. But see, I like how we can say, wow, that that's an awesome run. And, and, and you know, Bendis oh, had so many go. books. And no, and I'm just go. saying, Bendis had, had, yeah, we are. Bendis had a long run. He still has Ultimate Spider-Man going on. He had a long run on Daredevil. Um, Brubaker is, is kicking ass on Captain America. And it's like, we're, we're going to say how great that is for someone that's been on a book for three, four, five years when... You know, how many issues did Carrie Bates or, or Kurt Swan or John yeah, Byrne but, or Jack yeah, Kirby? But, that, but, that, but that's through the history of comics. And still, if you look at it, I mean, there's not that many hundred-plus runs in comics, in comics history. I mean, you've got the, the great, you know, Lee and, and, and Kirby Fantastic Four. Um, <clears throat> You know, yeah, you've got the the one <laughs> stuff. I mean, yeah, there, there's been some 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 long creative runs in, in comics, but I, I think everyone kind of has this. Not everyone. I think a lot of people have this misconception that twenty, thirty, forty years ago that people would stay on a book for you know ten years, and sometimes that was the case, but but not always. No, not always. Not always. It's just it's nice to see creators stick around on a book mm-hmm. I, I i don't i mean i don't okay fine you have one story in you you want to get in and out that's fine you only have you know a, a certain you only have one arc you want to talk about in the x-men so okay that's so that's great for joss whedon you had your 25 issues and, and you're done but it is nice to say oh you know well i remember i mean no one wants to overstate their welcome you know that as soon as a book starts to peter out that you're like well maybe it's time for him to leave but then peter david had a real knack for knowing the sales figures as he was working on the incredible hulk so you were able, he was able to go from you know the dumb hulk to joe fix it to the split personality with bruce banner and 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 the pantheon and he was able to do things with the hulk that other other creators may not have been plugged in as far as what's going on behind the scenes so he was able to do things where you really never kind of said that Maybe he's overstayed his welcome. I mean, you might look back and say, well, there were a lot of Hulk issues, and they might not have all have been great, but you need something to compare it to. If He could have a handful of really crappy Hulk issues in that run, but the good far outweigh the bad, and I just I like to see somebody on a book for an extended period of time, and that, that, that's purely selfish. You, you know, it's completely up to the person doing the book but whether or not they want to stick around, but I long for the days of, of someone sticking around. Right. Well, all those things you mentioned about Peter David's Hulk run, why do you think uh, Robert Kirkman changes the status quo on his book so often? It's the same thing. They have to be creatively energized every so yes. often. And, uh, you know, because you'll have Invincible go for like maybe 10, 12 issues, and all of a sudden something will happen, and it's not a completely different book, but the, the direction changes Whereas you had the Great Hulk, like you said, the Pantheon, you know. So just does to keep Larson do that on Savage Dragon? Oh hell yeah! Oh, yes, thanks. yeah, almost to a fault. Because just just when you're getting the groove, like this Savage Land, the uh, the homage to Kirby. Uh, well, geez, the whole book is an homage <laughs> to Kirby, but I'm just saying, like the Kirby style adventure uh, slash commandy type stories. Uh, I was grooving on that, and then all of a sudden he changed it. 
So all of a sudden, meaning 12, 14 issues, but still, he, he'll, he'll go in different directions. I think that's what keeps books vital, like Walking Dead. That's nothing like it was when it started. And, and that's a good thing, in my opinion, just to keep the books fresh. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the characters have developed, certainly. Right. Um, but I here's a question. I think the core of that book is still very much intact. Well, yeah. But, I mean, the, the whole status quo of the characters oh, okay, okay. that were there, sure, you know. Oh, speaking of Savage Dragon, you'll be you'll be you'll be happy for me, Vince. I I ordered the um, the Savage Dragon, the the oh the omnibus or whatever it is. Oh, really? The archives? Yeah, the archives. Cool. Uh, first volume of that. So I'm ready to. Have there only been the two so far? Because that's all I yeah. have. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the third one was solicited, but I got a refund for it. So. Okay. And, they're uh, all uh, just they're all black and white, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but there was something very odd. I was getting caught up in Savage Dragon, uh, not for the show, just for my own personal enjoyment, but uh, there's something in in the credits that I found really cool. They credit the flatter. Oh, wow. Yeah, he has a new colorist uh, named Nikos Koutsis, or Koutsis, and I'll tell you, this guy has injected some really special mojo into Savage Dragon. It has v- rarely looked this good as far as the colors go they're really really sharp but uh they're also crediting mike torres for flats and i thought wow that's really neat you know what a a way to get a guy's name out there Mm -hmm. as a an up-and-comer give him a little credit you know now now he'll be typecast as a flatter he'll never be able to (laughs) get out of that job he will curse eric larson till his dying day for pigeonholing him (sighs) into the shittiest job in comics no. Well, you know, uh, Eric, go, Eric Larson, Larson he can't catch flatter. a break, can he? But, the Savage Flatter. <laughs> nice. Better than being the Savage Fluffer, huh? Hey, I like Ed Bennett's stuff, too. It's nice. I love the way he draws women. I love the way he draws superheroes, period. I like it. Later. Fuck it. Alright, this is Daryl. I read Final Crisis 7. I don't understand it. I don't hate it. But I don't understand it. The art is beautiful. It don't make no fucking sense to me. I'm still trying to decipher it. My nose is bleeding. My head hurts. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I can understand um, that fucked up Superman story that Azarello wrote with for tomorrow better than I understand this. And that's saying something, because I don't understand what the hell Azarello writes. But, I don't know. It should have been on its own. It shouldn't have been Final Crisis the big thing. It should've, they should have just let him just do it and have it on its own. It wouldn't be all this big issue with everything not making sense and stuff like that. But, hey, I don't know. I hope DC can get, get its shit together. Later. But here, so here's a question for you. While we're on the subject of Daredevil, in light of the, <laughs> we the recent, the of <laughs> well, we were until I, <laughs> I I deviated. But I'm just saying, um, uh, it, it's like riding the train with it's like riding the train with a drunk conductor, isn't it? No, that was a Morrison. <laughs> uh, Vince was thinking we were at the final crisis and we were going back and forth in time. <laughs> uh, in light of Captain America's surprisingly enduring demise and the apparent 
quote, death of Batman. Do you think anyone would care if they killed Daredevil, if they killed Matt Murdock, other than that little core of people that, that I mean, Daredevil has hardcore fans, and everybody else seems to, you know, respect the character and, and jump on the book when, say, the Kevin Smiths come on. But do you, do you really think anybody would really give a damn if Marvel killed off Matt it, Murdock? It's not the kind of character that you can... You pass the torch to. Oh, no, you don't kill him off, but you drag his ass through misery for like right, thirty but, freaking but years. But who else? What makes why, that why different should... from any other Daredevil comic? <laughs> who? What? Do you really think that there's someone else in the world that also deserves that? That that is going through all that crap? That so? Why is it so much deserving? Why does why does the misery have to be tagged to the character? They, they've they've obviously done it. I mean, when you think Daredevil, it's synonymous with woe is me and, and a life of shit. So why does that Daredevil character demand misery and, and depressing stories? Because Joe Casada hates blind people. Well, <laughs> no, but how about this? Kill off Matt Murdock and restart the title with a new Daredevil. And with a happy-go-lucky you know, Jew? Make, make it a little <laughs> bit more... Christ, <laughs> Daredevil 2.0. <laughs> no, ma- make it a little uh, not not completely like Spider-Man, but let's just let's reinvigorate the title. And and I'm sure you're never going to kill Daredevil, though. I mean, I don't is think the person blind? Pretty, I think it's pretty darn good right now. Well, I no, mean, I'm just think if if you start if if you if it's not Matt Murdock, if it becomes another character, then like you could say that Daredevil is like Batman, where he may I mean not in the strictest of sins, but you, you have, you know, he, he, he can fight. He's, uh, he, he swings around the rooftops. And I mean, I've seen more people compare Daredevil to Batman than I would say to Spider-Man. But if, if now yeah, he can yeah, see he's Marvel's Batman, there's no question about it. So, sure, it's not Moon Knight, but if, if it's Moon not, uh, if, if you, um, so if, if he can see, so what makes him any different than it? So does he still have heightened senses? Well, if not, now he's just some dude in, in, in a red outfit who's fighting crime. He's like, so, so you can't separate the misery from the character without killing the character. Well, that's also part of it because, because the whole, you know, the religious what? motif, he, he, he dresses up as a devil. He's, he's got the Catholic upbringing. His mom's a nun. He's got the Catholic guilt. I mean, it's the whole, he's, he brings it on himself because he dresses up like, like the devil and, but yet he he's a god-fearing man. Mm-hmm. He's an incredibly selfish character. He I mean you you look at you look at that character from the the Marvel Knights relaunch and and probably even going back way before that maybe even into the Frank Miller years. And he's 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 a very selfish, self-centered character, but yeah, he can be a real prick. Yeah, he can be a real prick exactly, but you root for him. And it's it's a miserable book to read. I mean, it is. Life. Yeah, you're not gonna be. <laughs> you, you may yeah. be in a good mood because you're like, well, Christ, my 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 life ain't as bad as this. But right. it's right. not it, like it you're not you're not gonna read it when you're feeling in a good mood. Like, oh, I can't wait to read that latest issue of Daredevil. Yeah, I don't know anybody who says that. So so as a result of that, Daredevil will always be a fringe book with a niche audience. Well, look, there can only be so given. many for. There can only be so many core icons, right? I mean, you don't self-manufacture an icon. I mean, it's just Daredevil is not one of Marvel's big three. He's not their trinity. Right, right. We know Dare, that. Dare, Dare, Daredevil was on the chopping block at Marvel for so long. It was like they're in the Miller days, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like the the X Men for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the X. You know how close the X Men were to being canceled for like mm-hmm. 
15 years. It's, it, <laughs> oh, please, dude. I, I mean, that's the thing I always <laughs> laugh about with um, when they were doing the reprints, you know, um, for, <laughs> when they were doing the reprint issues. It, it, it always baffles me when I go to a con. Um, it happened at last year's New York Comic Con. I'm looking through... And there's always people there looking to buy, like you know, they got the they got the reprint issues up there for like fifty, sixty bucks an issue, and I'm thinking these <laughs> people a reprint, are buying a reprint. Yeah. I mean, you're like you know, but they think, oh, it's it's you know, it's it's issue number it's, seven. It's issue, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, can, you, can you imagine them doing that today? Where like you know, say like Fear Agent gets to like issue forty five, and they're like, you know what, it's not doing so well. We'll we'll uh, we'll start reprinting. So like issue forty six is like a reprint of issue one. Can you imagine that, that today? You that's when 400,000 copies was a low-selling oh, book. Oh, yeah, true, true. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So uh, David had mentioned in passing, because I said something on the forums this week about it, I got caught up on Immortal Iron Fist this week. Ooh. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's as you guys were saying... Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, oh, you know, once once the original team left, it's going to be, you know, the crapper, and, and it's held in there, and I think Dwayne is more than, he's a more than competent writer. I think, in fact, in many ways, I, I find the storytelling right now to be as good, if not better. Um, John. But the the interesting thing is is the art, I think. Um, you know, I it, love I, the I, art. Yeah, oh, well, that's man. what I was going to say. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a strange thing, because I... I wish I I wish there was a formula. I'm a, I you know I try and be very logical about things, and I wish there was a formula to the art that I like or I don't like. And <laughs> by all, no, but by all object, like in my normal baseline of things that I would I would like or dislike, I think Travel Foreman's art would be something I don't like. It's 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 not consistent. Stroman esque. It's very much like Larry Stroman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There are pages or, or characterizations. I mean, there was one page in issue number twenty where uh, where Misty is standing there, and she's got a quadruple chin. I mean, she it, it's, he he draws human anatomy sometimes like it's completely alien. That said, though, in this particular book, it's it's fine. It's working for me. I this, the, the the art works for me. And here's what it is. I figured it out. He he. Now I don't know what else Foreman has done, or if he's even done any other comics, but. Um, as I read this, it feels exactly like it used to feel watching Ion Flux on MTV. Uh, oh, wow. it, it, to me, it reminds me exactly of that. And so, otherwise book, known as Eon Flux, to people who oh, can pronounce. All right, things. all right. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, you're one to talk about pronouncing things. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's it, 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 the kinetic nature of it. You know, so he draws very long, very angular people, and and very misshapen anatomy but it works oh it works well in 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 this this story because of the nature of the book i, I don't know if i would like him on a lot of other books but but all in all i'd say uh iron fist is is going strong uh, that said i don't know if you guys have read issue 21 yet i don't but but Did that was today? no no um no, I think 22 was, came out today yeah it was last month but that's uh it's it's the one that's the futuristic look it's the the last iron fist Yep. that's a pretty freaky fucking fucking issue. I, I don't. I, I read that and I was like, I don't. I don't quite know what's going on here, but I don't. I mean, this it struck me as a little bit of an. I mean, I don't know the purpose of that issue other than maybe why he why he felt the need to tell that story at that time. But but uh, but other than that, I got to say, uh, you know, props to to David's boy Dwayne Swerzynski. He's, he's getting it done. He's getting it done. On the, uh, the he's artist. a hell of a tweeterer too. He is. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Twitter. Twitter. Like. Yeah, he's so. always. Sending stuff. The artist Travel Foreman did the art for uh, the Mike Oming Aries God of War miniseries. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. He's uh, he's done some work for uh, Class War, the old uh, was it Com dot X or Com dot X mini uh, company that went away. So he's been doing work for um, for a few years now since the year, since like two thousand three or so. But um, it's definitely a unique style, probably an acquired taste. I don't know if people left because they didn't like the art even if they thought that the writing was great, because you still have the Russ Heath interludes. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I thought this, th- that whole opening arc with the, uh, with the eater of uh, Iron Fists and the reasons why all Iron Fists end up dying pretty much. And, oh, did, what did you think about uh, how Orson Randall was able to stay away, stay yeah, off very- dying at, at age 33? Yeah, it's all about... Get, who, get who high. Who about chasing the, chasing the dragon? Uh, yeah, chasing the dragon, right? Chasing the dragon away, yeah. quite literally. <laughs> Talk about meta text. It's like the next Morrison. It's the next Morrison. Yeah, yes. um, but yeah, the, and, and this, the last issue, issue 21, I believe that's the same artist that did the Star-Lord miniseries, the Annihilation Conquest. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It really does. But yeah, yeah. but I I don't, I mean, I just, and I don't even know if I'd say it was a bad issue. It just It just took me kind of, I mean, I know it kind of plays into the whole the legacy thing of of you know we've been seeing some of the the, the past Iron Fist. Now I guess we could see the the last Iron Fist, but I just don't know at this point in the book why we needed sort of Iron Fist the end. I don't I just kind of <laughs> so Transformer could catch up. Uh, okay, I guess uh, fair enough. Vince, you're awful quiet. Seems like a book uh, up your alley. No, I was going to get the uh, omnibus. Oh, and, oh, ca- okay. and catch up. I have the first six and enjoyed them a lot. But mm-hmm. I dropped the book in the Great Marvel Purge, and uh, <laughs> I, I will catch up in in the omnibus because okay. uh, from from what David says and, and from what I have read, it's it's a really good book. But I just I, I can't buy everything. And David, who's the guy who you just said that did the Star Lord mini? What's his name again? I can never Timothy remember. Griff. Oh, that guy's fantastic. Yes, yeah, he is mag. But what's weird is oh. is um. In some places, it's like Timothy Green, the second or third, but I believe on this Iron Fist issue, he was only credited as being Timothy Green. But the art wow. style looks very, very similar. So I don't know if very European. Just, yeah, definitely still does. Right. Yeah. So, cool. but yeah, Tim Timothy Green's a great artist. Nice. Hi guys, this is Mike Schwartz, Green Skeleton Two on the forums. And um, I'm piggybacking on Daryl's call uh, from last episode about um, books at your local library. Um, the one that I go to is the Clinton Macomb Library. It's in Clinton Township, Michigan. And um, I thought I'd read off the hall that I just uh, brought home yesterday just to show the, uh, the, the variety that they have. Um, I got Batman and Son by Grant Morrison, Andy Kubert, and Jesse Dulperdang. Um, Chiggers by Hope Larson, Eternals by Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr., Desolation Jones by Warren Ellis and J.H. Williams III, and Skyscrapers of the Midwest by Joshua W. Cotter. Um, This library is really fantastic. Every time I go there, they get more and more stuff, um, varying almost anything. Uh, You name it, they have it. Uh, Will Eisner, Crumb... Uh, every X-Men book you could ever think of, Scott Pilgrim, they even have uh, a lot of manga like Death Note. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, nothing seems to be um, 
um, taboo. You know, they have a lot of indie stuff that I flipped through and, you know, wouldn't think the library would carry it, but it's there, so good good for them. And, um, you know, the more it's in the libraries, the more people will pick it up and check it out. And, you know, like, like I'm doing right now, uh, picking up stuff that I never, well, don't know if I would outright pay for right away. I mean, there's some things I, I would definitely, but um, it's a good sampler. And and I read it, and if I like it, then I'll go buy it. And so, yeah, support your local library. Uh, and let them know that uh, buying trades and, and uh, original graphic novels is a good thing because people will read them. People want to read comics. They just don't know where to get them. So if your library has them, then the people know where they are, and they'll read them, and they'll like them, like they know they will. So, oh yeah, one more thing. Before you go to the library and get a bunch of stuff, uh, go read my webcomic first, uh, www.oceanverse.com. Take care, guys, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, you know, in keeping with my spontaneous drink purchase for this week, I read something from a company I have never read before. Do tell. Yeah. Oh, no. it, it's from Michael Turner's Aspen. Wow. Company. Yeah. Fathom. And no, it's Iron not Fathom. Stop. Hey, Stop. I really, <laughs> hey, I really liked Fathom when it came out, by the way. So you, I'm going to look into the omnibus because, all right, I guess I should preface this with a little bit of a confession. And if anyone listening heard David and I in the bullpen days, I really didn't have all that much love for Michael Turner's work. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. And uh, well, I will say, though, I respected the guy's skill. Obviously, he had chops. He's a very talented individual. But there was something about his art that always turned me away. Right. Just it, 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 I don't know what it was, but I'm growing to appreciate a lot of his later work. Because he did a bunch of covers for this uh, series. He also co-wrote it with Frank Mastro Morrow. And the covers that he did are really kicking. They're very good. Uh, the The detail in the work is fantastic, but they're they're very unlike his later work for Marvel, which may be why I'm I'm glomming on to them. The The name of the series is called Shrugged. Okay. And it's uh, the first volume. It's called A Little Perspective. It was written by Michael Turner and Frank Mastro Morrow. Got that right this time. Pencils by Micah Gunnell. This guy is something whew, special. I'll get into it. Inks by Jason Gorder and Don Ho. Tiny bubbles. Um, <laughs> co- color, colors by Beth Sotelo. And Dreamer Design did the letters. Now, I, I couldn't have picked a better book to be right up my alley because... It, it's a, it was a mini-series, eight issues, uh, a zero issue, and like a prelude issue. So you're getting roughly ten issues worth of stuff in this trade. It, it's really big. It's like uh, 250-odd pages for $24.99. What it, it's about is there, uh, it's, a, it's a story of two worlds. One, very much like our own, and another, this extra-dimensional place called Perspecta, which is uh, populated by two types of beings, one called the Elysians and another called the Nefarians. And, and there's an actual segregation to the place. There's a wall separating the two. Now, are the Constructicons Prometheans or Nefarians? Which ones are they? Stop it. No. <laughs> Do not chide, because it's a cool story. And in the middle of the place, there's this tower, and it's shooting these beams 
two two different colored beams up into the atmosphere and uh, i didn't know what to make of it at first but it it so happens that when earth beings are born a a representative from each side of this planet would be transferred dimensionally into the the mind of the person and what they do is kind of like the angel and the devil on your shoulder you know the whenever you try to make a decision you, you, you your conscience battles back and forth what what's the right thing to do what's the proper thing to do you get the id and the and the superego working that's exactly what what these beings are the the elysians are the level-headed intellectual moralistic you know socially conscious beings they 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 look kind of like angels without wings very attractive flowing robes just beautiful people and you get the nefarians that are you know you're impulsive uh unorganized uh, prone to rage amoral egocentric kind of beast-like creatures which would be the the equivalent of the the id in um Freud's model of the psyche you know what I mean so you have these two creatures that are charged with your emotional development mm-hmm. and you you never know they're there uh, so, unfortunately I have a question hmm. so yes. if, if one's the id yes then the other one's the superego and then yeah. there's no ego that's the person Okay. That's the the being, the normal state of mind. Mm-hmm. From what so I get from the story, anyway. Phallic stage, and then we're going to get to the. No, 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 no. So, so uh, it just so happens this one child, Theodore Langstrom, is born, uh, average kid, high school student. You know, enjoys skateboarding, girls, blah blah blah, and he somehow can hear the voices in his head and thinks, you know, what the hell is wrong with me? And and he he's battling with his conscience, and then as he's doing these things the the nefarian person or being which is named dev he's this hulking beast-like you know monstrous figure is pushing him towards the impulsive side the rash you know unthinking decision while uh, the other the 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 elysian uh, person called angela or Ange for short is trying to to get him to do the level-headed reasoning, you know, think it through, and and the kid's struggling with it. Partway through the book, the nefarian agent breaks free, pops into the real world, which causes a whole bunch of problems because now the kid can only make level-headed decisions with the 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 female guiding him. It's really cool. It, it, it's got a, there's a lot of layers to this thing, and there's also this group from Nefaria called the What If Mafia. It's literally, literally a little mafioso-looking demons with, like, the fedoras and the three-piece suits on. And, and what they would do is they, they will come in while you're trying to think and show you every permutation of what can happen based on your actions. But they n- naturally push you towards the nefarian side. Like, there, there's one scene where the kids are in, in high school and they're about to dissect the frog and the Theodore is getting picked on. And they're running all these uh, contingency plans through his head about what can happen. You know, throw the frog, this will happen. Fill them full of holes, just stomp on your enemies. And the the uh, Elysian side is trying to talk him out of it. So it's, it's kind of neat. But the kid gets taken back to Perspecta, and that's when the shit hits the fan because he's apparently the only person to ever do that. And he's integral to this plot line 
where you have this smoking hot Jason. I, I'll put a an image of the <laughs> the um, the woman up on the uh, thread for this this episode. Her name is Ember, and she's got these hip high boots on. Oh, her hair's on fire, just smoking hot. And she is working with someone else to try and get the Elysian contingent stifled on Earth so that their side can have free reign. All these human beings just running willy nilly, doing everything on impulse. And, and, and they would have mastery of the planet. So you get this, this long storyline that comes. There's a worm in the apple somewhere along in the story where this being is worming its way through the, the, the narrative from within. And it eventually comes all out. But it's a cool little story. And I, I was thinking that, you know, from what I had seen from Aspen, that it was all cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, TNA and, and all surface level. This book is really cool. And uh, like I said, the art, it's very odd. It, it's almost like, I don't want to say cartoony because that's almost a derogatory term at this stage. It, it, it's kind of semi-realistic, but it has this street art inspiration behind it where you'll, you'll have these little ornamental flourishes behind the characters. Like whenever you see the Nefarian contingent, they have these bones and these just like, evil-looking motif behind the characters, and naturally the, the uh, angelic beings have you know, flowers and, and light and everything. And then there's a point in the narrative where the two motifs kind of intertwine. So it, it's, it's like a symbolic thing through the book, too. Really well done. Uh, Micah Gunnell, he, he's, his art is r- exceptional. The character designs are top-notch. I could see this easily being an animated movie. Hmm. Now, is this an ongoing or is this a miniseries? No, it, it's just an uh, uh, an eight issue miniseries with the two bookends, I guess, or preludes. But they, as Aspen does, they do these spotlight issues, mm-hmm. and I uh, they just released a uh, spotlight for Ember. That's the smoking hot uh, nefarian chick. She's on fire. So, so the they heat. are they do continue it, but it's just backstory on um, this character, and it turns out. Uh, spoilers for anybody who didn't read it. She's a half-breed. She has uh, half Nefarian, half Elysian blood. So she's the wild card. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, it's very well done. Extremely well done. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Really. Now, did you pick this up randomly, or had you read a review of it somewhere? or what, what The cover caught... I saw the cover in previews, and I said, wow, that's something I would like to read. And just so happens, DCBS had a, a deal on this that I could not resist. Mm-hmm. I think it was half off. So I got it for twelve bucks. Okay, cool. It, it, it worth every penny. <clears throat> I got a little previews rant. <laughs> a previews rant. Just a little previews rant, and I'm not talking about the minimums or anything like that. Uh, I'm talking about we were having a conversation on the forums. Uh, which Vince, where can they find the forums? Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Can I interrupt for one second? Anybody interested in this book should take heed, because as I was reading it, I noticed there was one page that didn't make any sense. There was no dialogue, just panels that, to my eye, should have had dialogue on them because there was one panel with four characters just sitting there looking at the, at the viewer, and, and nothing was said. So I emailed the people at Aspen and inquired, and it just so happens that the dialogue balloons for two pages did not print. Uh-huh. Yes, and um, Vince Hernandez, editor-in-chief of Aspen, informed me that they will be corrected on subsequent printings, 
and he sent me the two corrected pages, so I'll put them up on the on the on the forums for everybody to see. In case you do have the book and you're wondering why those pages don't make any sense, we'll have the answer for you on our forum. Well, that was cool of him to get back to you. Oh, and it was almost instantaneous. That's Literally, cool. within a half an hour, he got back to me. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so there you go. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that's okay. Uh, we were talking, as we often do each month um, on the forums, there's a thread about previews and what we're all ordering and that stuff. And uh, I know we've talked in the past about the uh, the Starman Omnibus, the first one. I think we've we've all either gotten it or, or, or I know at least Chris and the Around Comics guys made it a book of the month and stuff. And it, you know, I think it's was definitely one of the more anticipated collected editions of last year. So then they, they solicited the second one, and I ordered that one. And I remember at the time being a little miffed that they were that they were pre-soliciting it like four months, five months in advance. But I ordered it. So then I look at my previews this month, and sure enough, again. Uh, Starman Omnibus number three. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm thrilled that they're they're starting to pump them out a little faster. But again, it's 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 the February previews, uh, and they're soliciting the book for a June late June release. And so I'm thinking about it; it's a 40 percent discount if you use DCBS. And I notice I'm noticing it more and more, especially with collected editions. Um, they're they're no longer just soliciting things for two months in advance; they're they're soliciting things like four five, sometimes six months in advance. I noticed Marvel's been doing that with its omnibuses as well. And uh, I just that's annoying as hell to me because basically they're taking our money for four, you know, four, five, six months and just hoarding it. And, you know, they're doing it in the auspice of they want us to basically, they, basically they want no risk. You know, they, they want us to pre-order so far in advance that they know exactly how many they need to print. And... I'm not having it. I mean, because for a 40% discount, I can get the Omnibus when it comes out for 37% at a minimum discount, you know, on in-stock trades or on Amazon. So why should I give them my money for four months just so they can know what print run to run? I don't know. It's just, it's been, it's been irking me. I've been noticing it more and more. So, so sorry, but I'm not ordering the Starman Omnibus. I'll buy but it. it, it, it what it also does is it shunts aside stuff that you normally buy. Because if if you're a big Starman fan and you gotta have those omnibus, omnibuy, and and say Dark Horse will solicit a creepy omnibus in the same month under the normal advance ordering span, mm-hmm. what do you what do you order? What, what do you do? Do you, do you sacrifice the stuff you would have bought had the Starman not been solicited, or do you, do you okay. get? I, I I can almost never. In in every case that happens, I always drop the advance solicited book. Yeah, yeah, because like like you said, I can get it later. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's that's uh, that's my stance exactly. So anyway, just a little minor rant there. Um, oh, and the only other thing it's, I want—it's a good rant though. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Alec, and I just got done packing a little bit for the New York Comic Con, and I gotta say, I'm getting pretty excited. It's exactly one week from today. I'm also looking forward to meeting you, fine gentlemen. It should be a good time. And I also want to say, everybody out there needs to eat slice of Boston cream pie and read proof because they're both the shit. Okay, you gotta admit it. Alright, spread the love and I'll talk to you guys later. I wanted to mention one thing because I know David's gonna be all excited about it. Um, David, what do you think? We're gonna get we're gonna get recolored a recolored uh, Final Crisis. What do you think, bud? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Your wish, your wish come true, man. Oh, I'm not even going there right now, man. That is, you know, that is so awesome. To those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, 
Uh, we talked a bit about the the colorization of of Shiloh Norman, Mister Miracle, and the book seemed a little wonky. He he's he's he's, he's supposed, supposed to be black. Yeah, he's supposed to be black, but then there was he was drawn in sort of an Asian style a couple times. So one one panel he looked white, and we I were kind of confused about. It. And uh, I was just going to say, and, and so even some people went so far as to suggest that maybe it was intentional that yes. that it, I think it wasn't Shiloh true. Norman and, and it was somebody else and maybe that was the point. Well, in uh, Dan DiDio's 20 questions that he does on Newsarama, this, this most recent he's doing a uh, video cast version. And I was... Uh, I was yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what we want to see. <laughs> I was checking, out, checking it out at lunch today and uh, one of the questions, he was taking questions, and one of the questions was, what, what, what happened to Shiloh Norman? Why is he not black anymore? <laughs> And the, the deal was funny just because he was so serious about it. And he said, you know, real, he was real serious looking at the camera. And he's like, uh, yeah, well, on that front, that's definitely our mistake. <laughs> he's supposed to be black. Uh, you got us there. <laughs> so, oh, you're, you're, you're killing yourself, aren't you? Sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, Didio's killing me. Didio's killing me. But uh, but the good news is for everyone that's worried about that, <laughs> he assured everyone that in the reprint version of it, the trade version, they will recolor it and make Charlotte Norman black in every panel. So I know a lot of obviously people, people knew who it was when they said, <laughs> "Oh, look, Shiloh Norman's not black." So you 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 knew who. It's not even that big of a deal. Okay, uh, recolor it, no. but it shouldn't even be it shouldn't even be a news item. Really, I don't think so. Anyway. It, it's it's kind of like the old days when when you know the color plate would move. Mm-hmm. Oh man, look! You know the 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 guy's neck is red, but his tie is has no color. What's the but, big deal? But how many uh, it, does this? Uh, it's, You're speechless. I, oh, I am because yeah, because DC has to fix something in the trade. I'm. It's it's. <laughs> what, what kills me is take the high road, buddy. <laughs> I will. It, what I I mean, did people really? Just settle and say, okay, well, maybe this is Grant being Grant and writing this, and 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 Shiloh's supposed to look Asian or not like he has. I mean, never mind that Tattooed Man didn't look consistent throughout most of the series, but we get the Shiloh Norman who had his own series a couple of years before this miniseries came out, and he had a consistent look, and now here he is, and it's like, okay, well. People were scratching their heads because they didn't know whether or not something was getting all kind of funky because Grant was writing this masterpiece or if it was a simple mistake. So I, I know what you're saying, Vince, about it really shouldn't be a news item, but you know there are some people that just seem to have such a problem with Final Crisis that they're looking for any reason to really? say, well, <laughs> that's what I hear. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, It's just know, like I'm a sorry, page it's... dropping out of Mighty Avengers. Oops! There's a page Oops. missing. Yeah. You know, or Christian we'll, Bale we'll re- arguing with someone on the set, but we'll re- we'll publish it again. But it's you know, I mean, to what's great? It's it's it, it, you know, going yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's supposed to be black. I mean, it's it it can be a pretty heavy thing depending on who's getting the news. I mean, that 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 could take off quite a few people. Like, oh, what, 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 what? what? Newsflash: DC hates blacks. There you go. That's what it so, is. <laughs> Well, I just thought it was oh. funny uh, because I knew that David would get a kick out of it. But uh, I definitely did. Thank you, dude. Yep, I thought it was my birthday guys, today. Did you check it out after I told you about it? Did you? Because the uh, it, let's just say that uh, you know, I guess it's usually a written column because I know it. You know, it's usually a, a question and answer. You know, they they post the question from the readers and then he answers it by text, which is perfectly logical. So this was I get the idea of doing a video cast, I guess, but 
I mean, just it, it was. I got to say, it was a pretty ridiculously produced segment because there's another question where I guess someone asks. He's re- basically Didio's got the list of questions in his hand. He reads it and he answers it right. So some guy <laughs> writes writes a question that apparently is like ten parts. You know, it's like what's going to happen with this, 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 this. So Didio goes, "Well, uh, this question is too long to read, so I'm just going to give you the answers." And he literally goes down. He's like, uh, without reading the questions, he's like, "Yes, uh, next year, maybe, uh, probably not." And he literally goes down and answers ten questions that you have no fucking idea what the questions were. And it's a video, so you can't read along. So literally he spends minutes answering ten questions that you don't know what the questions were. It's the most fascinating. Go ahead. Go ahead, David. Go ahead. Say it. It probably made more uh, sense than Final (laughs) Crisis. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. By the way, did we lose Chris? I don't know. He hasn't been saying anything. Yeah, I see a little uh, stop clock next to his name on, on Skype. Uh, where do you get the stuff? Oh, you're on a PC. Well, maybe so, we should get him back. Well, it Chris, says he's here. Maybe, maybe hit the mute button. Chris, you there, buddy? Maybe he's feeding the dog. Jump up and down. Maybe he's choking the chicken. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> choking the chicken. <laughs> well, at least if, if, if the Dio's only answering the questions without telling you what the questions are, then there's nothing to go back and fix later when he finds out that the questions weren't. I mean, it's, uh, it's he is... I'm not. I, I'm. Your yeah. your, uh, your your boy Rich Johnson had an interesting little anecdote about the uh, Bob Shrek layoff this week. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That was interesting. Um, you know, I I forgot to see what uh, what color the stoplight was on that particular tidbit. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm still bummed about Shrek not being there anymore. Me too. Me too. On, let's give let's give some happy DC news though. Let's give some happy DC news. Uh, Jeff Lemire, the uh, un, the in, incomparable uh, author of the Essex County trilogy series, uh, has has come public with the Vertigo OGN he's doing. It's called uh, uh, the Nobody. It's basically a, his take on the Invisible Man, and it looks absolutely badass. I can't wait for it. I hope that he'll. Uh, He'll have some some extra details to share at the uh, Comic Con because he'll be there. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And, and actually, that whole line, Vertigo is putting out a bunch of OGNs with guys like um, uh, Lemire with with Matt Kent who did Super Spy, which was terrific. Um, I think there's uh, there's a couple other you know real small press guys that that they're uh, doing stuff this this year for them too. So I think that's great that they're branching into that top shelf kind of area. And don't forget the uh, Kyle Baker Hawkman shit. Mm. Does that look nice? For real. Oh, I can't believe when I stumbled on that, my jaw dropped. I was, oh, baby. Chris? I have my stupid mic on mute. Hilarious. Oh, you, bar- you borrowed, you borrowed like, what's no microphone one tonight? To me. No one wants to know what I have to say. <laughs> Please pause for technical difficulties. <laughs> well, too bad we weren't on TV. We could put up the Indian test pattern. Yeah. Nice. Hey, I I bought something that um, Vince probably already talked about it. I just wouldn't pay attention to him. Um, the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man um, Fear Itself issue. Oh, say it. Oh, man, thing, baby. Yeah, love it. When did this come out? Uh, the um, beginning of was it the like January seventh or something? Yeah, not, not, not first not issue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but yeah, I picked it. Up, I was like, yeah, I gotta 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 buy that because I know Vince's. I know Vince has read that. <laughs> Actually, I didn't read it yet. I just got it in my DCBS box, Looks but gorgeous. I put it. 
Yeah, I put it in this little special spot where I when when I can have some some time to myself and there aren't little little monsters crawling all over me, so I can get into some man thing because any any appearance of the man thing is like a cause for celebration. And apparently, while you're on the subject of man thing, he's going to be in Marvel Zombies Four from the looks of the cover. Really? Yeah. Wow, you can hardly wait. It's Marvel Zombies Four. Wait. Four? Really? Yeah. <gasps> by the same team, Fred Van Lenty and uh, Kev, Kev Walker. Walker. Nice. Um, yep. I, mean, I, love, I love Fred Van Lenty. Uh, comic Book Comics number three came out today. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. Good point. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's. I just. I, aren't we done with this? Have we. Well, I, I thought we were, honestly. Well, I really did. From what I hear, they say the third. The third uh, one is, is, yeah. is the best. Oh, well, I don't on. know. It's. I don't. Maybe it's the best in the sense that it it uh, it affects the six one six more than mm-hmm. the other previous two did. I, I I like that idea of it. I'm um I'm an issue or two behind, so I'm not up to date on the third volume yet. But the first two issues I thought were were really fun. Um, made it feel like the first series did. If they maintained what they were doing in the first two, then yeah, that that would have gotten old really quick. But because they can mix things up, and Fred Van Linty is 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 very talented and does great work, so it seems to be working. I when I get to the end of the third volume, I'll I'll see if I'm really raring the go for the fourth. But you know, I think that the fact that the Marvel Zombies is broken up into miniseries has you guys somewhat uh, biased against it because. Walking Dead, that's on issue what, 53? There's still mileage in that. Why can't there be still mileage in uh, mileage left in uh, Marvel Zombies? They only had a, well, less than 20 issues. Okay, it, was now, a, I, it, it was kind of a joke to begin with. Sure. You know, and it, so. it, it, it spurred the multiple covers and then the covers leaking onto other books that had nothing to do with zombies. And it, I, think it, I think some aspects of it overstayed. It's welcome. I, it, yeah. Yay, 11 o'clock comics. Hey, this is Andy Jewett. Just calling once again to tell you that uh, I am alive and that the concern is appreciated. So, uh, yay, comics. And uh, like I said on the forums, hopefully see you guys around sometime this season. So, go 11 o'clock comics. Talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Joe Rogan's very muscular. You like that? You like him round and muscular? <laughs> no, did you ever hear that one guy, that one bit he has about the the uh, two guys in the basement? He goes, look at your ass. Yeah. It's so muscular. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. You would. Uh, wow. I think so we're over time. We're yelling. There, that, there was no hate. I mean, Daddy, I'm you're sure fighting. I'm scared. <laughs> Let's end on a positive note. New York City Comic Con this weekend. I'm dope. So, Wood and I'll be there. All right. Um, <laughs> Windy City Comic Con September. Yeah. Right. No, I'm I'm really I'm really bummed. I'm not going to make it this year. I was uh, I was telling my wife that uh, uh, tonight that uh, that I was bummed. That uh, yeah, a year ago I was well actually what it was uh, April of last year, but. Uh, but last year's show was a lot of fun, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, bu- I'm bummed I'm not going to be there this year. We'll it's miss gonna you. Be, you, got, you guys are going to have a great time. It's going to be a good time, I, I think. The bus from Scranton. 
I came on the bus. <laughs> All how right. Long, how long is the bus ride from Scranton to Manhattan? Uh, about two hours. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. It's not yeah, bad. Not bad. Yep. Yeah. Well, you guys have a good time, da- David. You gonna we gonna Skype it up this weekend? I'm open. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. There, there, <laughs> there may be there may be a an eleven o'clock comic supplemental coming out next week. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be. Yeah, no, yeah. because it's going to be like me and David, you know, with like, you know, the NBA will be on. We'll be just talking basketball. I'll be like, hey, so yeah, did you hear about some of this news from this panel? And yeah, okay. And then, yeah, and then, we'll, then we'll surf ESPN and get up to the minute. Hey, hey David, scores. what you doing? Nothing. What are you what doing? Are you <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> you're, you're pretty. <laughs> you're pretty. <laughs> wonder what Vince and Foot are doing. I don't know. Let me call them. Oh, they won't answer. <laughs> they stopped answering my calls. <laughs> I think we've overstayed our welcome. I'm all sweaty. Wood got me all sweaty. I was not prepared wow, for wow, that. Wow, you're show. already getting ready for Saturday night. No, I was not prepared for it. You, you surprised me. With the argument? I cut you, I cut you, cut you to the quick. You didn't come in. No. <laughs> Let, all right, let's say bye bye before we get he's going to have to work tonight. <laughs> yeah, really. I thought I would just kick back and let you guys go. And, yeah. All right. Hey. If, if you're at New York City Comic Con, come by and see us. Jason and I and Sundry will be milling through the, the bargain bins probably, right? Absolutely. You better be. Uh, looking for stuff to send to David to make them all happy. Don't not Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I got more stuff than I know what to do with her. <laughs> oh, you're not kidding. So, yeah, stop by. We'll be there this weekend and uh, come back next week and we'll all be happy. Hopefully. Happy, hopefully. Happy. Say bye, Wood. Adios. Oh, read. We didn't do that. You got to <laughs> do that. Read Marvel Zombies for the awesome covers. <laughs> you go First, to hell. Then go rob a bank. It's about the same thing. Ah, douche. <laughs> read, read Jeff Smith's new new mouse books that are coming out for kids, children's books. First one's coming out soon. Cool. Uh, read Garth Ennis's Battlefields series from Dynamite. It is wow. absolutely awesome. Especially I heard that was really good. Uh, I heard yep. those are really yep. good, yeah. Yep. If you're a World War II fan, battle, it gets no better than Battlefields right now. Fantastic stories. Uh, read, uh, crap, man. Uh, read Ghost Rider. Oh, I took a look at a, a couple recent issues based on your recommendation. Sweet looking. It is. And I, uh, the last, the last page of the last issue with the, the angel type things on the cover. Yep. Is, is that who I think it is? Who do you think it is? Is that Danny Ketch? Ah, yes. Wow. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, the, the angels are um, uh, Ezekiel is uh, is I guess in heaven, and Danny. The dude is from Spider Man? Uh, no, not not Ezekiel. Zadkiel. Z a d k i e l. He. Uh, oh, okay. He's who. Um, he's who Danny's working for, but he's not. Up, he's not on the up and up with Danny. Danny thinks he's doing the Lord's work, and and Homeboy is uh, pulling Danny's strings. But we're about to get Danny Ketch versus Johnny Blaze, and uh, nice, and some a few other Ghost Riders, some Asian Ghost Riders, African Ghost Riders. It's, it's gonna be pretty funky. I saw one was a shark, wasn't it? There was a page where you had a ghost rider riding a shark, one ghost rider riding a bear, a Russian ghost rider. That's uh, really cool. They really, and, and the shark and the bear were on opposite 
corners of the, of the splash page. So it was just that whole shark versus bear meme that was going around for a while. But written, written by Jason Aaron, right? Yes, yes. Cool. I'll look into it. All right. See you next week, people. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Say bye-bye. 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 Can't find the stop button. <laughs> this is what she said. That's not it. Uh, okay, I got it. Yeah, no shit. I was like talking for a little while, and I'm like, well, they obviously don't want to talk about what I'm talking about. Or, oh, you were actually talking during that thing? Well, yeah, my do- I've got my dog sitting on my lap, and she she climbed up in my lap. When she did, she hit the mute button on my headset. So yeah, I was just like talking away, and I was like, okay, well, they obviously don't want to... Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> wow. Because I, I kind of cut the, the shrug thing short because nobody was saying anything, you know? So I said, well, they obviously don't want to hear about it, so I'll just trim this up. I was quiet because I wanted you to talk. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs>